0: Coming to you from the heart of Silicon Valley, this is CUDA Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda, AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Nick Nolenberger.
1: With the impending NHL trade deadline on Monday afternoon, the Sharks announced several moves over the last 72 hours that have directly affected the Barracuda and the future prospect depth within the organization. It began on Saturday as GM Doug Wilson shipped veteran netminder Devin Dubnik to Colorado, acquiring a fifth-round pick in 2021 and defenseman Greg Pattern. The departure of Dubnik resulted in the recall of Josef Kozinovich from the Sharks' taxi squad to the active roster. Kushnash made his NHL debut on Saturday in relief for Martin Jones stopping all seven shots that he faced in the third period against the LA Kings. Over the last three years, Kozhnash has appeared in 75 games for the Barracuda. The domino effect of Dubnik's departure was felt with the Barracuda immediately as the Sharks recalled Alexei Melnichuk to the taxi squad. Melnichuk was with the Barracuda in Bakersfield, but was driven back up to Northern California after the trade, leaving the Barracuda with two goaltenders over the weekend. Sam Harvey and Zach Sochenko. It was announced on Monday that Sochenko was signing an NHL contract with the Sharks for the remainder of the 2021 season and through the 2021-22 season. Sochenko picked up his first win of the year in Ontario on Sunday in just his second start of the season. On Sunday, the Barracuda would hold Steph and Nason out of the lineup during their game against the Reign. It was announced during the Barracuda game that Nason had been traded from the Sharks to the Toronto Maple Leafs in exchange for a fourth-round pick and a three-team deal that included Columbus, Toronto, and San Jose. The deal also included Blue Jackets captain Nick Foligno, who was acquired by the Sharks and then immediately flipped to the Leafs. To add goalie depth within the organization, the Sharks announced on Monday they had traded defenseman Frederick Clayson to Tampa Bay for goaltending prospect Magnus Crona, who just finished up his second season at Denver University. The willing and dealing continued on Monday as part of a three-team trade. The Sharks sent defenseman Nick Simone to the Vegas Golden Knights in exchange for a 2022 fifth-round pick. And then traded forward Ati Suamella to the Maple Leafs for forward Alexander Babra Banoff. The Barracuda played four games over the week, going 2-1-0-1. Highlights are coming up next. Tuesday, the Barracuda kicked off the first of two games at Solar for America Ice against the top team in the division, the Henderson Silver Knights. After a scoreless first period, California native Jake McGrew lit the lamp on a beautiful finish, his first goal over his last nine games. Jake Middleton up the right-wing side of the rookie cole. Feathers along for McGrew chip shot. He scores! Jake McGrew, able to chip it just under the crossbar, a changeup on Logan Thompson, and the Barracuda take a one to nothing lead, what a finish there for the rookie, McGrew. Here was McGrew talking about his continued adjustment to the pro level after sitting out almost the entire season prior due to a knee injury.
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's hard uh, making the step to pro, but I think on my injury standpoint, it it takes a little bit m- missing a full year um, to get back in the groove of things and and get back to feeling like yourself and the timing back. Um, anyone who knows that's gone through it knows it takes time and I've gone through it unfortunately more than once so uh, yeah I mean I think I'm, I'm trending in the right direction, um, I'm doing all the little things in uh, in practice and putting in the extra work. So. Uh, I think I'm just trying to stay with it and grind it out.
1: Up by a goal late in the third period, the Barracuda would find themselves in some penalty trouble and the Silver Knights would manage to tie the game up on the power play while their net was empty at 17.55. Lost the draw, but San Jose can't clear. It's held in by Murphy. To the back door, Sakura back to Murphy. Bodies falling in front. They score. The shot by Ryan Murphy finds the twine just 10 seconds into the power play, and Alexei Milnichuk's shutout bid comes to an end at the 17.55 mark of the third period. After a scoreless overtime, the game would go to a shootout. The Barracuda would fall in round six of the shootout, but in his pro debut, Scott Reedy would force a third round as he snapped one past Henderson goaltender Logan Thompson. And they're going to give the youngster Scott Reedy an opportunity here in round number two. So, can Reedy extend this game? Reedy will collect the puck. He'll take it wide. The right-handed shot works in. scores! Scott Reedy with a snipe beats Logan Thompson. And the Barracuda are still alive as we'll go to round number three. In round six, Henderson's Pavel Dorofiev would score and Jake McGrew would be turned aside by Thompson. And the Silver Knights would hold on for the 2-1 to come-from-behind win. On Wednesday, the Barracuda and Knights would run it back for the fourth time on the eight-game season series. In the first, Dylan Sakura would get a pass from Reed Duke and cash in for his team-leading 11th of the year. Notre Dame to the right-wing side for True. Hits the brakes along the near-side wall, then trying to work it back to the point, taken away by Reed Duke. He'll race up the left-wing side. He's got Sakura moving in, got it to him, and he scores! Dylan Sakura got the pass from Reed Duke as he threads the needle, and Sakura beats Joseph Kojanosh, and it comes six minutes and fifty-five seconds into this first period. In the second, the Silver Knights would go up 2 0 as Ben Jones tipped in a Jack Dugan shot on the power play. Dugan pinches from the left point. 5 15 remaining in the second period. 101 left on the power play. Penalty to Jacob Magna for hooking at 13:50, There's a shot they scored. Dugan is able to sneak it past Kozunas. It is a power play goal for Jack Dugan, and the Silver Knights extend their lead to 2-0. Down by a pair late in the second period, the Barrow could have found life as Max Latunoff jammed in his fourth of the year to cut the lead in half to 2-1. To Brandon Coe up the right wing side, works into the offensive zone. He's got a man quick shot there by Weinger. And he used the pitching wedge on a good opportunity and put it well over the mark. Here's a chance now right in front. They score! It's Maxime Latunov on a bit of a broken play. All of a sudden, and it was on Latunov's stick, and he did not hesitate. Entering the third period, the Silver Knights were 13 and 0 this season when leading after 40. At 11.40, Sasha Shomalovsky would tie the game up at 2-2. Having a tough couple of shifts was just run into by Scott Reedy and shake it up. There's a shot down the wing. They score! Sasha Shomalovsky pulls the trigger down the left wing. It looked like it changed direction and kind of fluttered on Thompson under the left arm. And we are level at 2-2. Then on the power play, Latunov went back to work, giving the Barracuda their first lead at 14:55. 55 Latunov will take the attacking zone face-off draw to the right side of Logan Thompson. One up high to the point for Paschnik. Hands off, Shovalovsky. There's a wrist shot. Save is made. Puck is loose. They score! Maxime Latunov has his second of the night. It is a power play goal, and the Barracuda have their first lead. Stefan Nason would score an empty netter, and Yosef Kojanash would make 20 saves to pick up the victory. Here was Latunov talking after the game.
0: You know, just it's, it's not just me; it's the whole line. You know, we I, I play with Weinger for a couple of games now, and uh, you know we're clicking really good. We're working hard on the forecheck, and that's we're getting that ozone time, uh, which is huge. We're turning those guys down low, and. Uh, Going to the net and just, you know, playing off each other, That's and it's been working. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, they have a good goalie, right? But uh, you, you got to stick what uh, we've been working, you know, just p- p- keep putting it on net and not get frustrated because uh, he can't k- k- keep them all out, and uh, we, we bro- broke through in the third. The
1: Barracuda were back on the road on Saturday in Bakersfield for the final game of five at the Mechanics Bank Arena. In the first at 10.07, it was Latunov again who would find the back of the net, his third over his last two games, and his fourth over his last four contests. By Crackdell recovered Russel, feathered along Weinger, trying to go right wide, scores! It's Maxim Latunov from Evan Weinger, and Latunov's got three goals over his last two games, and four over his last four games, and we highlighted Latunov in our pregame show, and what's working? And he said he's really enjoyed playing with Weinger, And Winger sets him up on the back door. And Latunov did not wait to put it under the bar. Unfortunately, after that point, it was all condors. Seth Griffith would score in his 400th AHL game to tie it up at 1-1, just 2.30 into the second. And then Joe Gambardella will give the Condors a lead at 6:13 of the middle period. Long stretch feed to the right side. He's got Esposito. Some real estate put on net. They score. Tipped in by Joe Gambardella. And the Condors have answered back with two on answer. And that's just too easy. Nolan picked up Luke Esposito. He had all day to carry the puck towards the net down that right wing. And he threads it to the back door. A beautiful feed for Gambardella, who tips it home. In the third, the Condors would put the game out of reach as Jacob Stuckel would score his fourth of the year and his second against San Jose. Hamlin down the left wing side, centered in front, they score! James Hamlin, what a foot race, showing off his great speed. Got it to Jacob Stuckel. And that quote unquote fourth line comes through here on the third just past the halfway point at the 10-08 mark it's Stukel, Cooper Marodi would score an empty netter his AHL best 16th goal of the year extending his point streak on home ice to 12 straight games as the Condors rolled to a 4-1 win. Their 10th victory on home ice over their last 11 games. On Sunday the Barracuda wrapped up their two-game road trip in El Segundo taking on the rain for the first time since February. Entering Sunday, the Barracuda were winless over their last eight games on the road, but Sasha Shemilevsky who sat out Saturday's game in Bakersfield would score just four minutes into the game to give the Barracuda an early lead. Sports performance center is a pass there by Blickfeld intended for true. Center quickly in front shot scored! Sasha Shemilevsky gives the Barracuda a one to nothing lead, a defensive breakdown for the Ontario Reign. Shemilevsky would then score again just two minutes and 24 seconds later a near side wall rimmed around the boards Adam Johnson got him and now scooped up by Alexander true. true will work his way to the top of the circle Johnson was signed new uh, AHL contract here's a shot Shemolevsky put it off the bar he scores shomolevsky has got two in this first period, and the Barracuda take a two-to-nothing lead. The time of the goal for Shumilovsky at 6:36 gives the Barracuda the two-goal advantage. For the sophomore forward, Sunday marked the first time in his AHL career in which he scored twice in a game. Ontario's Austin Strand would score in 1904, the first to cut the lead in half. But Brinson Pashnik less than four minutes later, would make it 3-1 Barracuda with his first of his professional career. Jousting away for the puck, Shellman and Strand, and now it's scooped up in stride by Milash who will carry it in down the left wing. Leaves it for a trailing Pashnik. He shoots! He scores! Brinson Paschnuck has his first in the American Hockey League, and the Barracuda have pushed their lead back up to two. In the second, Scott Reedy, like Pashtuk, would score his first pro goal to give the Barracuda a four-to-one lead. San Diego, I think, would like to get some fans in as soon as possible with the facility they have. Here's a chance, Reedy! He scores! And another first as Scott Reedy puts home his first pro goal and the lead is up to three. And then in the third, Jake Middleton, who had dropped the mitts back in the first with Ontario's Bukanji Imana, would race up the ice on a breakaway, have his first shot turned aside but steer in the rebound for his third goal over his last nine games to give the Barracuda a 5-1 to one lead. High slot whiffed on it was Johnson. It's going to be a breakaway for Jake Middleton as he carries it in all alone. Middleton, his save is made, and he carries it in on the backhand and scores. Middleton on the breakaway, pulled the trigger, it came back to him, and he puts it home on the backhand. It's a 5-1 to one lead for the Barracuda. With the 5-1 win, San Jose moved back above 500 and snapped an eight-game skid on the road, picking up their first road victory since March 5th. We had a chance to catch up earlier this week with the director of scouting for the San Jose Sharks, Doug Wilson, Jr. We'll play that interview when we come back. This is Cuda Confidential.
0: You gotta see it to believe it. The future of carbine is here. Hey, it's Shondell Grant of the DGDG Mazda Stores. Capital Mazda, Oaktree Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. And I'm proud to present No-Brainer Checkout, the online car buying experience that's, well, a no-brainer. Do everything from start to finish completely online. Get a Kelley Blue Book trade-in value. Get loan pre-approval. Customize lease, finance, and purchase options. Even schedule the pickup or delivery of your brand new Mazda.
2: It's a whole new way to buy a car.
0: It's a whole new way to be happy spend less time at the dealership and more time enjoying your brand new Mazda. Shop online, buy online. Don't miss some of the most exciting incentives in our history. Join over 250,000 happy car buyers and experience the future of car buying with our exclusive no-brainer checkout at the Bay Area DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord and Vallejo.
1: We've all been there. You're not feeling so hot, and you want to see your doctor, but you're not so sure you can even get out of bed. Kaiser Permanente gives you care your way, so if you want to see your doctor in person, we can do that. But if getting in the car is the last thing you want to do, that's okay, just schedule a video visit. Kaiser Permanente gives you high-quality care in person, online, or over the phone, so you can thrive. Learn more at kp.org. Appointments is available and appropriate.
2: Coors Light wants to help you catch a Sharks game from the best seats in the house. Just share a photo of your Sharks at-home game setup to sjsharks.com slash home ice for a chance to win Coors Light Silver Seats tickets, Sharks gear, and more. Winners will be chosen weekly, so post a pic showing how you watch the Sharks to sjsharks.com slash home ice today. 2021 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, must be 21 or older, celebrate responsibly.
1: It was announced last Friday that the organization had signed Scott Reedy to an entry-level contract. 2017 fourth-round draft pick went through four years at Minnesota. What has the organization
2: excited about this young player as he finally does make his professional debut last night? Yeah, it was good to see Scott play last night. He, uh, he scored a nice goal in the uh, shootout, actually. Um, you know, his big thing right now is he's coming off a big season at Minnesota. He's a great kid. It was his birthday yesterday, so he's all excited and jacked up. But uh with Scott, he's he's big, he's 6'2, 205, right shot, plays center and wing. Uh we we like him on the wing just he's got a lot of puck poise, ability to pick pucks up off the yellow which is nice and then get the puck into the middle for good d-zone exits and uh and entry so I'd, I'd say with Scott you know he's a he's a big body but when you watch him close you'll see how good his hands are and that's really exciting he can bring us some offense um power play wise he's got one of the better shots him and Joachim Blitchfield probably have the two best shots with the American League team um but Scott's also very good net front like very good tipping pucks, et cetera. So, big thing with Scott is just he's super versatile. Net front, one timers, center, wing, up your lineup, down the lineup. He fills a lot of holes and uh, brings some offense. When you're looking at a player at that spot in the draft, fourth round and
1: beyond, are you looking for versatility? What is the type of player that you're kind of looking for? Or are you looking for a player that maybe can grow
2: into his game as he continues to evolve? Yeah, Scott was one of those kids that we went for because, you know, Tim Burke runs our player development, and we thought that a guy like Scott could use a lot of help with with Berkey. So, you know, you get a piece like that. He's a big body, can play center, can play wing, he's versatile. So if you give him some coaching and show him the right spots to be on the ice and, and how to really take advantage of his versatility – I think that was huge. So we saw him more of as like an athlete project uh, that we could work with. And so Burke and I have worked with him a lot. I was just with him up in Minnesota. I caught the last three weeks of his season up there um, and then came down to San Jose with him. And uh, I, I think he's got he's got some upside. It's just versatile, big body, and uh, goal scorer. We're talking to the director of scouting, Doug Wilson Jr. He elected to go back to
1: Minnesota for a senior season. You see a lot of players – at the college level, they elect to sign after three years. Why do you think it was good for him, beneficial for his development to go back for that
2: senior season? Yeah, some guys go back um, you know, just because they need that extra year of development. You, know, you don't want to be in a spot where you rush a guy out of school just so that you can sign him. You need to really work with these kids to make sure they come out at the proper time. Scott's in 1999 born. He was one of the youngest seniors in college hockey this year because he went straight in as a true freshman from the U.S. national team. And because of that, although he went back for his senior year, he was the same age as some sophomores and juniors who are signing right now. So for him, he went back, got a ton of confidence. He, he played a lot of penalty kill this year, um, scored a ton of goals again this year. And so he's coming out on a high note. So we didn't want to rush him out. And we had a really good relationship with him, Talk to him all the time, go watch his games and just think he's, he's ready to go right now. We had a chance to catch up about a month ago, and you
1: brought up what you called completing the cycle, and that's when a player is drafted, and then they go through the process of development, whether it's through major, junior, or through college, then through the American League, and up to the National Hockey League. For Scott, obviously, that circle's starting to get closer to completion now that he is into the pro level. Talk to us a little bit about completing the cycle, and it's got to be exciting for you, being that you continue to put more years under your belt at the current role that you are, but this is the 2017 draft class, so you saw four players in the Barracuda lineup from that draft class last night. Of course, Mario Ferraro from that draft class as well, so these guys are starting to contribute within your organization.
2: Yeah, it's great. I mean, we always talk about it taking three or four years for a first-rounder and you know, four years or so for a second, so 2017 being my first draft, in charge of the draft I finally get to see all those guys pro but it's exciting because Ivan Cekovic is coming off a big KHL season Um, not many players have put up the numbers he has done over there uh, as under 23 year olds and then Sasha Chemilevsky got his sniff at the NHL this year and he'll just keep going up from there Uh, Mario Ferraro is playing seven more minutes a night in the NHL than uh, he was last season. And now Scott, and and Scott had a good uh, first night last night. So with Scott and Jake McGrew starting their pro career this year and, and those other guys on the upswing, it's nice to see them contributing. And, uh, and playing. So I think this year is kind of they're getting their feet wet, whether it's Sasha getting his feet wet at the NHL level or Chekovich uh, getting his feet wet at the KHL level and having a big year. I think this is a huge year of development for the 2017 group. And I'd expect a couple of these guys to help us at the NHL level again next season.
1: You're taking in the games over the next week or so. You saw the game last night. We mentioned Scott made his pro debut. Roy Sommer put him into the shootout round number three, extended the game. Did you give him a little wink? Did
2: you give him a little sign, say "hit"? Put Reedy in the game, or was that all Roy? No, that was all Roy. Roy's great with this stuff. We uh we were down in the shootout and then he puts out Scott Reedy and Ivan Chekovich, the two most recent players with him, and that's why Roy is the best. He uh you know, he puts guys in a chance to succeed. So I don't think Scott expected to be in the shootout. I don't think Ivan Chekovich expected to be in the shootout, but those are their skill sets and they both scored and um, that's what they're known for. And so it's, it was great. That's the relationship we have with Roy. Roy trusts our scouting staff and we, when we did our debrief uh, with him, when we brought these players in, he knew exactly what he was getting and uh, to see him get two offensive players and put them in offensive roles to succeed. That's just the relationship we have with Roy and, and Roy's been great with it. Probably good for those
1: two young players. They didn't have to think, right? They just use oh, yeah. what they do and best. They
2: didn't know who they
1: were. <laughs> they so. didn't. He didn't worked. have a time to scout them or anything. Yeah. Leading into the draft, last year's draft, of course, got pushed back because of COVID nineteen to the fall. This year, so far, it's on schedule to be conducted in July at this point. So, give us an idea. Lay out your schedule and the scouting department schedule over the next handful of months, entering and going into the twenty twenty one NHL draft.
2: Yeah, to be honest, it's actually been pretty good. Now all of the leagues are playing except for the Ontario Hockey League, which hopefully will be you know get going soon in the next couple of weeks or so. Um, so all of our area scouts, uh, you know, based on local protocols, are going to games where they're allowed to. And then in two weeks, I'll head down to Dallas for the U18s, which is nice because we get to see a lot of the European players um, playing. But so for the most part, I just finished up a, my four week trip out in uh, Minnesota, USHL and college wraps that up. Now we're here for the trade deadline and then hit the road again after the trade deadline. So, you know, it's 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 been an adjustment. We started the season with a ton of video, but, uh, you know, there's some light at the end of the tunnel and we've actually gotten to see quite a few live viewings. So outside of the OHL, um, we're really comfortable with where it's all going.
1: What has that been like? You had almost a full year where you had to Conduct every interview with your with your scouts over zoom. You were watching games completely over video and for a long time, of course, there was no hockey. But what has it been like to get back into buildings and get in front of hockey and have things come to you in front of your, your own eyes instead of through a screen?
2: Yeah, it's, it's been different. I mean, last season wasn't as bad as people expected because we had seen a full year live. So, you know, when I found out about the shutdown, I was at a Kelowna Rockets game. And it. although there wasn't the playoffs, which would have been nice, the playoffs and the U18s, because that's when you really get to see the top players go against the top players. Um, that was an adjustment. But we did get to see full regular seasons for those players. And then we used the video to just you know, double down on that um, post-interviews. This season was a lot tougher. This season, there was no helenka tournament, which is usually where you see all of the top players right away and you get a good feel of what's going on throughout the leagues. Um, you know, the European leagues were playing, so we started off very European heavy this year. And it was tough. I, I'm not going to lie. Our, our guys trying to do interviews with players who haven't played in, you know, 6 to 12 months. Um, so I'd say the first few months we're watching video of players as underagers from last season and then a European focus. And now thankfully in the last month or so with the Western league, starting USHL full swing, the Quebec league playing in their bubbles, um, and us being allowed to go to the games. It's just, it's, it's nice to see and, and be able to be back in the rank. I, I was in green Bay, uh, Two weeks ago, and I saw Leon Bergman jerseys in there. I was in Waterloo and I heard cowbells. So it was nice to actually get some normalcy going. Tim Burks here as
1: well over the next handful of days with you. You've worked with Tim for a long time throughout your career, a guy who's seen just about everything, just like Roy in the game of hockey. But you've taken over the scouting department over the last handful of years. But you've become a little bit of a protege of, of Burkey over these years, a guy who, again, is just filled with so much knowledge of the game. And you can talk to him for hours. He just is filled with with information. Um, what have you, you know, if you can shorten it a little bit, what have you learned
2: from Berkey and How do you continue to try to absorb information from him? Yeah, uh, there's there's not many Tim Burks out there. I'll say that. Uh, he's he's forgotten more than I'll ever know. So, um, Berkey's amazing. I mean, he was uh, he was a groomsman in my wedding. I truly consider him one of my best friends. So, it's been great. Uh, I think the biggest thing with myself and Berkey is that because we know each other so well, we're very transparent. There's no BS. So, you know, if I like a player and he doesn't, we talk about it um, and vice versa. I think so that way, you know, there's no holding back. We get into some pretty... Uh, good arguments, I would say, but you know it 's all for for the better for the organization and uh, Tim Burke has always been in charge of player development, and you know for us, drafting and developing goes hand in hand you don 't just draft a player and then he miraculously becomes good or bad three years later the A huge portion is the development, so I think you know with our group in charge of the drafting and burkey being able to focus on development it 's made it that much better for us as a group. Um, to be able to get our hands on these guys get them on the ice pure focus and everything so i mean tim burke he's he's got the photographic memory (laughs) he do not get in a trivia issue with him he will destroy you but uh um you know we see things a little bit differently and i think that's why we work so well together
1: that's incredible. I had no idea he was one of your groomsmen. That is classic. Yeah. Um, a little bit of an age difference there. but He
2: was the best-looking groomsman in my wedding. I'll go to my deathbed saying that. So
1: That is incredible. <laughs> Doug Wilson, Jr., the Director of Scouting for the San Jose Sharks. As always, thank you for the time. Best of luck as you continue to forge forward towards the 2021 draft. Thanks, Dolly. That's going to do it for this episode of Cuda Confidential. A big thank you to the Director of Scouting for the San Jose Sharks, Doug Wilson, Jr., I'm Nick Nolenberger saying so long until next time.